You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. I plan on doing more. Actually, I'm doing a movie coming up in a couple of weeks called Spinning Gold, where I play Giorgio Moroder, who was the father of disco. And I have to do it. With, talk about putting yourself in a situation that you don't normally find yourself in. You have to do disco? No, that I could do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I came here, right? No. Yeah, I just, I just got it. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, 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 now. So. Yeah, you win this uh, round. <laughs> I, I notice, and this is probably the Italian in me. Uh-huh. I don't like that you got your name outside on the, the wall. Yeah. I, I think it should be nondescript. Yeah. Don't, don't you oh, think? Oh, because it, yeah, kind of. Some, some psychotic come by and then, oh, this is where you podcast out of. You yeah. know, kind of like little yeah. under the radar no that's a good idea actually i think also because there's a lot of mental health in this building so it's like <laughs> yeah i think they're all gonna again one of, you know one of those freaking brain hamsters relapses and next thing you know they come nibbling through the door you know <laughs> oh, the first geez. guy they go after uh yeah no I, but I, yeah that's the italian in you man right I you guys it. do hide and go seek like every day it's like almost 24 hours a day that's you guys right no no one ever knows where we're yeah, at yeah, you no know you got a hiding. sign out there yeah, might as well true. be a neon yeah. so um yeah but this is a nice spot you got here and i like that's the true. mural and we were talking about uh, this before that um and i know i'm not a big i'm not in the podcast mafia but uh, I do have a, a podcast that's yeah. been... been, uh, been um, With Pete uh, Corrielli. Yeah, for five years. It's uh, it's really popular. Uh, <laughs> 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 popular enough not to make the wall. So uh, Do you uh, do you sometimes... Does it feel like that podcasting is like... What does podcasting feel like to you? It must... Does it feel a little like goofy kind of or something because you're i mean you're really like an entertainer so does podcasting feel like a little bit you know like ah, it's not really my bag sometimes or do you have any thoughts like that on it well you know i i, I like it and i and I, I like doing podcasts not not as often as maybe a lot of you guys i, I know it's like a, there's a lot of you guys that are in, in your you know like the, the schwabs the 
the Callens, the yeah. Kreischers, the Segura's, and Rogan. It's like all, you know, it's like a little family you guys got, which is cool. And you guys go on each other's podcasts and and, yeah. and what have you. But uh, my podcast is not really guest driven. It's just two guys kind of talking about their personal and private lives, which. It, 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 <laughs> Is that a no-no in the podcast no, just, world? It reminded me. No, no, no. That's a def, That's a yes, I think. Uh, I got to listen to more episodes. What's it called? It's called the Pete and Sebastian Show. And, uh, and we get on for an hour a week. And it started about five and a half, six years ago. Pete lived here in Los Angeles and then subsequently moved out to Fredonia, New York. And we do the podcast through SiriusXM. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it's a, it's only an audio podcast. It's not oh, video, and uh, and we have fun with it. But uh, you know, guys like yourself have really, really had an abundance of success doing the podcasting, and and it's great. It's a great way, you know, for for uh, you know, for what us underlings. <laughs> No, for like, <laughs> like for the Italian Steve Martin over here has come down from the, you know, a Steve Martin. Has Steve Martino. Steve Martino. No, I'm joking. Um, no, no. No, it, it has been. It's a unique. It's almost like a fan. It is almost like a little bit of a family. And it's, it's been, dude, this shit's blown my mind. I didn't know podcasting was going to. I remember because I did a podcast for a couple years for like a year called Allegedly and it didn't do anything or two years. We had like celebrity guests and I, I, I didn't really like it. Um, so what 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 uh, was your tipping point? Where did you take off on this? How did well, I you... went on Rogan's one time, and I was just like, man, um, people just want to hear people talk about stuff, and it kind of gave me just a different perception of what podcasting was. And so then, yeah, then I just started in my kitchen, and it was just kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to talk about stuff that's going on, you know. And sometimes it struggles, sometimes it's not. I can imagine yours probably has more recipes in it. I could see there's that. a recipe or two. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a lot of recipes actually. Um, but yeah, it's we have fun with it. It's 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 a really really good podcast. It's just I wish it would reach a, a broader audience. We don't really put a lot of time and energy into it um, because you know it's just he's there i'm here right um so and you got a big life going on now well yeah i mean i, I have a family and whatnot not that there's an excuse not to have a podcast but uh oh, just... dude i hope my father one day leaves me for a podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, imagine how sad the stories are going to be for our children yeah my well, dad was never home he was, he was in encino recording <laughs> he was <freaking>. <laughs> He never took me to ballet class because he was in <laughs> Podcastville. Uh, bro, that's going to be a lot of kids' stories, though. It is. It is. No, but you do a good job, man. I mean, you should really be proud of yourself and look at look at where you know it's taken you. You you know you've you've gotten a huge audience now on the road and not, and and here now and and you're getting all these movie parts and whatnot. So you're uh, this, is, this is you fit right in here. It's been fun. Yeah, it has been fun, man. It's been, you know, it's funny, like Joey Diaz called me this morning, what's good, you know? And you guys look up to him, I know. And so he called me this morning, he's like, what's good, cocksucker, you know? So yeah, you, you talk to a lot of like um, like comedians off, off of the podcast. He calls like once a week. Oh yeah? Yeah, he's just like that. And he's always got, you know, for him, everything is three things. It's a, uh, it's destination a sandwich and something to read every time he tells you information he's like dude here's what you do 
You're in Buffalo. You go two blocks down there. You're going to smell a guy, right? Don't look at him, all right? To the left, you're going to see a, uh, a sandwich shop. Looks like it's out of business. You fucking go in there, right? You order you order a uh, Reuben, ask for four extra inches of meat, crack open a, a copy of Catcher in the Rye, and you're fucking tremendous, son. Every time, no matter where you are, he's like, oh, you're in Tampa. Go until you can't fucking see anything, right? Uh-huh. Turn around three times. There's going to be a lady there with a fucking, uh, you know, a couple of uh, loose veal, you know? You grab one of those bitches, man. You know, you open a, co- a copy of Time magazine from 1979. Uh, nobody can fuck with you. He always has like boom, boom, boom. Specifics. Yeah, very specific. No matter where you are, um, but he commented he just did a, a Sopranos movie. Yeah, that's what he was telling me at the Comedy Store. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. He said he just got off the Sopranos thing. So, and um, uh, and you have a new you have a movie. Yeah, a movie coming out called The Irishman with uh, De Niro, Pacino, and Pesci. It's a gangster. Well, film. Let's hold on. Say their names again, bro. And let's say them. <laughs> let's say them like we like us underlings can still say them. Okay. So who De Niro? Larry De Niro. Larry De Niro. <laughs> Pete Pesci. <laughs> And Frank Scorsese. Um, Who's Pete Pesci, bro? You know he's out there pretending he's a thug. Uh, Wow, man. So yeah, it's coming out. We don't know when, but sometime this year. Uh, But the trailer dropped a couple weeks ago, and I... I was really excited about it. It was it was the first time I really saw any footage from the from the movie, and uh, I got goosebumps. It, it was it was it's gonna be pretty special. Damn! So I play crazy Joe Gallo, and I'm I'm actually in the trailer, falling out of the window. So it's uh, it's it's exciting. We're That's we're looking crazy, forward. Crazy man! And I saw the Green Book that you did. Yeah, Green Book won the Oscar this year, and uh, yeah, very fortunate to land some of these roles that you know are like dream roles for for you know like a lot of actors work twenty five years to get in movies like this, and the comedy has allowed me to you know open the doors for other opportunity, and the and the Green Book was one of those where you know I'm working the first day with uh, Viggo Mortensen, and um, you know. He slapped me in the scene, and then after they yelled, cut. Yeah, it's like a nice little slap. And uh, he goes, is that okay? Can I do that? And I'm like, hey, you want to lay me out? Lay me out. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm up for anything. Um, So, yeah, it was was exciting. So there's exciting things going on. I got a little baby boy that we just had eight weeks ago. So build in the family and is it uh, hard to concept? Is it hard to like, does it almost feel like hard to be present sometimes? I mean, it's a lot going on in your life. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of thinking. There's a lot of, you know, sometimes I'm not in whatever I'm in. I might be thinking about other things, which I like to be present and available. Uh, But sometimes your plate is really full and you uh, it's just hard not to think about what's going on. I worry a lot, a lot of fear in uh in taking some of the projects i take just really? because uh yeah well i'm doing this vmas in two weeks right i'm hosting oh VMAs. yeah i heard about that and honestly my first thought was like what the fuck dude that's crazy <laughs> well it's 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 a challenge for me because a it's not my audience i mean it skews younger yeah you know, my audience is typically you know 30 to 60 yeah, i have jag offs dude you know what i'm saying bro <laughs> jag offs with cufflinks i know who your audience is man. it's getting hot in podcastville <laughs> bro Getting hot. I'm joking, man. You have a huge, uh, <laughs> huge audience that gets good entertainment. So that's who you have. Yeah. Um, and, but are and, you, so you're worried that. Well, I mean, it's it's first of all, I mean, you you all know as a comedian when you do um, comedy at a musical uh, 
event yeah. that, you know, sometimes it could be difficult to connect with the crowd just yeah. because, you know, they're listening to music and then you come on and you have to kind of segue and do a joke here or there. So it's but something. you're hosting it, right? Yeah, it's, I'm hosting it. That's so I'm crazy. Now, you never saw, you never would have thought that you'd be hosting the VMAs. No, it wasn't on my vision board. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. So... <laughs> Do you have a vision Bro, board? Do, do you write shit down? I do have a vision board, actually. And I want a black son one day. I have two black kids on my vision board. You, get, you so, want two black kids? Yeah. Okay. So that... people always, I don't tell people that often because they don't see it the way I see it. You know? How do you see it? I see it as these are going to be my son. These are going to be my sons one day. Okay. And I think other people see like, oh, a guy from the South has a couple of black guys on a vision board. You know, I think they kind of get a... <laughs> You know, they're looking at it different. So if I went to your house and looked at the vision board, you got two two black kids up there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. Look, they're happy, and one of them has a school book under his arm. Those are my sons, man. Okay? And no matter who my sons are or what, you know, what, color, you know, what tent they come in, they're going to be, you know, hopefully they're going to be reading decently and doing good stuff, you know, but... Um, dude, that's crazy you're going to be hosting the VMAs. You have to be a little nervous, huh? I'm a lot nervous. I wouldn't be living if I'm not really feeling this stuff. So, you know, uh, music skewing younger, uh, never hosted anything before. Um, but Damn, that's crazy. And, you know, like, you know, you got to write the comedy for the night, you yeah. know? And my comedy generally is tested at the comedy store and whatnot so the monologue that i'm opening up with you know i i've been working on but haven't really tested it in front of a live audience um which i will you know mo moving forward this week and next but yeah it's uh it's it's a daunting task but are you so you're going to talk about celebrities and stuff and you have to kind of i mean mtv's turned it's basically just rob deerdeck 24 hours a day i think i feel like it's just that show ridiculousness yeah there's a lot of that but i'm not my style's not ripping people to shreds right. my style's a little bit more i'm going to tailor the the comedy to what i what i do on stage and kind of fit it into the environment rather than uh go on stage and go well drake's here tonight <laughs> yeah, yeah, i don't, I don't I it's not really what I do, what I do. So right. Oh wow, um, that's cool though. Because that that's I think when I heard about it, I was like, oh man, if Sebastian's going to do that, it's just different. It's just different than him. That would just to me, it would seem so scary. You know, it's, yeah, it's um, frightening. But but it's good. It's a good frightening. You know, like I believe that if you don't challenge yourself in this business, and we've talked offline about this, like you know, getting a little. Um, maybe your momentum is not there or your passion is not there maybe in certain different things I feel that you know the challenge is where you kind of get the passion back and or putting yourself in situations that you typically wouldn't put yourself in to uh, you know overcome and succeed so you know doing that one. yeah this doing is one this is definitely one of those that's wild so yeah, it's been good though. We're, what are you uh, gonna wear, dude? How? I'm like, I, I am getting up. The outfits are uh, next next <laughs> next week. I mean, how I'm many, not gonna come out there in a no. see-through leopard nipple shirt. But. <laughs> well, how many gross of sequins are in the mail right now? <laughs> Headed to Los Angeles to make your costume, brother. <laughs> there might be a, a sequined jacket or two, but Bro, you uh, better fucking come out. Looking like a 60-year-old Italian thought. 
who's trying to fucking get one last run at some cock over at the VFW, oh, you know? I want a real, I want you to come out just shining, bro. There's going to be a lot of, yeah, I think I'm the maybe one of the oldest hosts they've ever had. At least the, maybe the only host they've ever had with gray hair. Oh, that's good. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, and you might be one of the only hosts who's being honest about their age as well. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> 46 years old. Doing Damn. doing the uh, the VMAs, so yeah, that's uh, that's going to be exciting. Damn, bro, that's so crazy, man. It's crazy. Is it is it strange to feel sometimes that that's your life? Like, isn't it sometimes? Um, even with me, just like in the past year, just getting things getting busier and people coming out, it's like it's crazy how quick you adapt to it, kind of. And then uh, sometimes I don't feel embarrassed that it's my life or something. I mean, I'm grateful, but I just feel it's almost like my life, the reality of some of my life sometimes makes me a little bit nervous. If that makes any sense. What are you nervous about? Just like, um, I guess just like, there's a, there's, feels like there's a bigger expectation than you're able to fulfill just as like a human person. You know, it's almost like um, you get bigger than you are as a person in some, or, or I worry, I fear of some of that or something. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I guess in a way, I mean, for myself, yeah, I just, you know, I just like to live a normal life. I, I don't like to like feel like I have to be doing something else. Put it this way. Um, the gym I work out at, I don't have an office. Right. right? I just have uh, a home and I work out of the home. Right. But it's getting a little crazy now at the house. With two children. With two yeah. kids. It's hard to work. It's hard to do anything. So what I've been doing is going to my gym and after I work out, I set up shop at the gym at the gym oh jesus <laughs> which i've, I've seen done, those guys <laughs> which i've done i've 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 gone to starbucks i've got you know i've done all that oh, stuff yeah, you yeah. know and That's throughout nothing. throughout my whole career yeah, yeah, dude, yeah i've always kind of like just set up shop and 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 did things so and what I, are you are you bringing a laptop or are you bringing yeah, like a, a laptop full, okay you're not bringing no like i'm not setup. bringing a printer okay okay <laughs> but uh i just just you know get, catch up on some emails on a table outside the gym right i could just see you carrying a monitor in there <laughs> yeah no no they no. used to have a guy at, at coffee bean would bring a monitor in yeah I've he seen had that stack guys. at tower yeah. that whole thing it was insane <laughs> the same guy that's editing a full moon movie at apple store you ever see those guys you walk in this guy's doing like he's on final cut yeah. doing a <laughs> doing his uh short film yeah he's like well everybody quiet down i need some room tone people are like chill the fuck out guy <laughs> trying to get some airpods man um that's so so sometimes you'll just do it at the gym huh yeah you know i mean like uh, talking about just kind of living a a life that's kind of just normal and don't have to feel like you have to adjust your everyday kind of routine because uh, you've hit some type of success i don't know i've always just trying to you know it's just do because I feel like if you, you stop doing the things that you normally would do, you you, you lose the kind of like the pulse yeah. of what people are doing. What the you know I, I I like going to the stores and the whole you know grocery shop. I like I love all that stuff, right? And I, I'll continue to do it um, just because I, I I enjoy it. Plus, I get a lot of like material from just kind of living life. Oh yeah, man. I think well, if, yeah. When you say that, I think yeah, I think. Uh yeah, maybe my fear is like it's not. It's just like this. Per, it's a, it's a uncomfortable perception. It's like yeah, maybe I feel like I have to be different or something when I just you know don't. Maybe it's like this weird like 
pressure or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think doing regular stuff. Like I like sometimes taking a bird scooter to the gym in the morning, you know? And I don't have nice calves and I have shorts on. So for me, it's really humbling, you know? <laughs> bro, taking fucking lean calves out for a spin on a bird yeah. scooter at 39 years old, bro. That's, <laughs> fucking... have, you, have you felt at all safe on that thing? <laughs> oh, no. I did it once <laughs> or twice and it, it just, the you know, the, the one bump and it's yeah. over, right? Yeah, there's not a lot of... Um, there's not a lot of opportunity for safety, I don't feel like, on them no. overall. Dude, one lady hit the dirt, bro, over by the sprouts over by me, right? This lady fucking way too old to be on one had a bag of groceries just hit the dirt bro and just didn't move at all right instead of helping there was like two people yelling this bitch is down over here right and i was like oh my god yeah no. i at least haunt my horn real loud as i fucking drove off you know but she but she bit it man groceries all over like um yeah it's a lot of well listen these birds you know, it's 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 good for you want to go to the gym, you want to go to a buddy's house, fine, you pick one up, you go. But what I've seen <laughs> on these birds is like you were saying, people are carrying groceries. Yeah. Then I saw a guy that apparently the you take a bird and you, you go and charge it, right? Yeah. And the, people make money. Mm -hmm. The guy was on a bird with two <laughs> birds <laughs> on his shoulder. Okay. Uh, it's just it's not made for that you know what i'm saying that's so. flocking bro that's crazy dude when you flocking man that's wild flocking that's the birds insane. that's crazy yeah sometimes you'll see some guy at night just throwing them all into a fucking van you know and this is one of your moves bro took it stolen from your ass um you got a new son, man. That's awesome, huh? Yeah. So uh, got a little baby boy, and uh, yeah, it's been just it's been great. Got a two and a half year old daughter, and a um, lot lot of stuff going on at the house. And I, I try when I'm home to spend as much time as I can with my kids, whether it's taking my daughter to the ballet or, or whatnot. Again, just kind of living living the dad life and, mm -hmm. and extracting material from from those moments as well. So yeah, it's been really really. Uh, it's really, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, but it's very rewarding bringing up kids and having a son too. And I know in your kind of bloodline, it's a big thing, right? Well, yeah, being a Italian family, it's nice to have a son carry yeah. on the name. The You're name with three thing. daughters. People are like, hey, hey where, cute, where, where'd the name go? <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Here? Yeah. So, so yeah, we, my father and my mother were extremely excited when the little baby, baby boy came. So, um, yeah, That's I think awesome. we're done. I think we're, we're done. Two is good enough y'all getting the tubes tied or anything or what do you guys do dude i don't know man we, we, somebody sneak up on a tube with a fucking shank what yeah we we, we we shank it we shank a tube yeah um i don't know i don't know what i'm gonna do yet we haven't really discussed uh it has been discussed but i, I have no idea what the yeah. hell's going on it's the least of my worries right now right um so we haven't even talked about the the shirt i think uh, i wore the shirt just yeah, for you it's, man it's a beautiful piece uh it's a beautiful garment. Well, I remember you said that, yeah, if you ever had a different job, it would be like a concierge yep, or something. That's you know? right. So I could just see you. Like, I'll tell you this. If you show up in people's dreams or anything, this is what you're this wearing. This is what they're wearing. This, this is, is what, what I'm wearing. wearing. <laughs> yeah, definitely, bro. You're the guy who fucking shows that's up. That's it, like, man. That is a, a beautiful Mater D outfit. Oh, yeah. It's top notch, dude. Go to prom, funeral, all of it. That's one thing that is nice about Italians. Like, if they really, they dress up, you almost dress for anything. 
it could be something severe it could be a good you know it could be a get together it could be a funeral it could be a indictment you know <laughs> all, all all the above yeah it's like I, they dress for it's, it's they're well dressed well i won best dressed in high school you really yeah senior year i took uh well i actually got the there was a tie between me and another guy i should have I should have took it home though, but uh, I was really actually upset that I had to share the uh, the award <laughs> with the guy. But yeah, always, always uh, very particular about how we look, and I think it stemmed from you know the, the upbringing. I would come down to go out. My mother's like, "Where are you going with that on?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna go. We're gonna go to dinner." And she's like, "Go put the you know go put some yeah. nice slacks on." Yeah, and um, you're like, "Dude, we're, mom, we're going to Arby's, ma." Yeah, we don't go to Arby's. No. <laughs> That's true. We're going to Pizza Hut. Remember when Pizza Hut was sit down? That's not sit down anymore? No. I would merge a Baskin Robbins, dude. Fucking. Bro, some of them, you go in there, it's just some Muppet just gives you a scoop of fucking pepperoni, bro. And somebody pulls a gun in the distance, bro. That place is going downhill. I, they, you can't sit down and eat there anymore? They I mean, you those- can, bro. But, but you, you can, but you, you're not you going to be fucking looked at well. It's very small in there. No, Pizza Hut used to be like a restaurant. Oh my right? god, dude, it was so no? nice. Yeah, have you have you, have you been in a, a Pizza Hut recently? Yeah, I picked up from. Them. I don't think you can sit. There's like a bench where you can wait, but if you sit there and eat, it's going to be hella awkward. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's yeah, it's merged with Baskin Robbins, and it's just Pizza Hut used to be. It was we were going out. We went to Pizza Hut. The, the, yeah, it, they had those like kind of curved. Oh yeah. Bench, you sat down and and you you had a pizza. Wow, I haven't been there in a while. They had the they had the, yeah the crust was it was a big pie. They had a couple of video games usually in the place. Yeah, our family would go sit in there. I enjoyed that a salad bar. Salad bar, that's right. They did have a salad bar. They had pudding on it. I never understood it, but just five days ago they shut shut down five hundred more dine in Pizza Hut locations. Oh, it's it's going dine. away. That's it. Pizza Hut's done. Mm. Where do you eat your pizza out here? There's a nice place called Pizana out here if you're looking for a nice piece of pizza. Is there? Yeah. Where's that at? It's on Robertson and Melrose. They just opened up a location also in Brentwood. I have no money and no stake in this place, but okay. if you want some <laughs> pizza. <laughs> Dude, those are nice neighborhoods, bro. I'm eating pizza more out here in regional. You know, I'm eating pizza more. Are you? I don't want, I don't want to tell the listeners or the viewers where we're I'm at. Even, but, right. But, uh, yeah, I eat pizza around here. Okay, this is your hood? Like you, really close to where you can get gas. You know what I'm saying? Like that. <laughs> like you can smell one from the other place, you know? <laughs> that just bleeds in. The gas bleeds into the cheese. <laughs> Who are you? Uh, who's somebody that you are kind of low-key excited about seeing at the VMAs? Like just to see. Do you already know everybody's going to be there and stuff? Uh, yes, they've given me a list. Um, who am I excited to see? This is this is why they picked me to do this. Mm-hmm. Is I don't really know a lot about music, and yeah. this is kind of what they liked about it that I don't really have a button on what's going on with the with the music industry. Although I do, I know the Khalids and 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 from afar and her and halsey and all these yeah uh, all these artists i know but i don't know like the ins and outs of like who's throwing shade right yeah <laughs> whatever that means um i don't <laughs> but, yeah, bro, uh, where i'm from that just mean my, my, my aunt got a new awning on their camper you know what i'm saying like it's totally different <laughs> but uh missy elliott who i grew up kind of uh listening to she's gonna she's no gonna similar body type too i feel like yeah i feel i feel like we're similar in shape so, so. she's gonna be there She's going to be there, and uh, 
Yeah, there's a couple surprise guests that I can't really mention that I'm looking forward to meeting. So. That's crazy, man. What a wild night that's going to be. My mom just told me she's coming. My father's coming. My in-laws are coming. Uh, I, obviously, my wife, my whole family's coming, my kids. I want to bring my kids there and get some photos with them. At oh, the, yeah, it'd be cool. At the Prudential Center where they're going to have it. So, yeah, just elaborate. Even on a production end of it, just looking at this because you know I know a lot about production and putting on a show. What they what they have going into this as far as the technology is just sick. It's amazing. Yeah. And this um this is in New York, right? This is in New Jersey, Prudential Center in New Jersey. Oh, is that where they usually have it, or they usually have it? Last year, I think it was at Radio City. I, they've had it at Radio City. They've had it here at the Staples Center. They've had it uh, Madison Square Garden. Microsoft Theater, the Forum, hmm. Barclays. Because hmm. I went to one, because um, I did MTV show when I was young, right? And so we went to- how, how, what, what was that, 20 years ago? The VMAs, yep, 20 years ago. So you went to the VMAs? Went to the VMAs. We got a ticket somehow, I don't even know, right? I get out at the place. I didn't know what it was going to be like. I mean, I'd seen it on television, but I get out, get dropped off there. Bono is walking on the red carpet at the same time I am. I think everybody's like excited for me, right, dude? And because I have no clue who Bono is, no clue. I never really listen to music. I listen to like, um, you know, Alice in Chains. You know, I'd recognize them or Guns and Roses, maybe. But um, so people are going nuts, dude. I have no idea. Go into the place sitting. I sat behind Chris Farley's brothers. He had just died, mm. and I sat behind his brothers. Sat next to Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins. Wow. And NSYNC performed. At some point in the evening, bro, it was long. I remember urinating in the bathroom between Kid Rock and Montel Williams. Wow. You know? <laughs> That's a good piss <laughs> break. fucking bringing those guys together, you know? <laughs> and at one point in the evening, I fell asleep in my seat, bro. I was just, wow. I guess it was like a long night and I just got kind of tired and I just remember falling asleep. But now, did you know you were going to be, wanted to get into comedy back then? No, I don't think so. I think I just didn't want to grow up. Like, one thing about comedy for me, I just didn't, you know, I didn't want to grow up. I, it was like, you got to travel. You didn't really know if your girlfriend was your girlfriend. You know, she didn't know, kind of, if you was the boy, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, it just felt like you didn't have to grow up. Like, you could always get, whatever was going on, you could always go escape it for a few days by going and do shows. Um, but the road rules took you out of uh, Louisiana? Yeah. Yeah, it took me... Yeah, it was good because I got to meet, like, I just got to see something different. Like, we went to South Africa on it, I remember. Oh, wow. And I remember being like, holy shit, you know? All these people are alive? You know? Like, I just never really put it together. There was people, like, I'd seen a globe, mm -hmm. but I'd never put together, like, like, oh, there's really people over here, like, being alive, you know? Then you get there, and I'm like, holy shit, man. You know? All these people are going to be in heaven? Like, this is crazy. Because when I thought of heaven, I thought kind of, you know... Kind of a little bit of a limited group, you know, but uh, but then you get over there and you're like, damn, everybody's gonna be up in this bitch, man. It's a whole world out there. Yeah, it started giving me just a yeah, yeah. gave me just a different perception. Uh, globe came alive. Yeah, globe really. Yeah, it got four dimensional. Um, so a little bit more about the movie than I want to know. So, so do, is it interesting? Like as you start to build, you kind of become a name, you know, and so then it's like if you're working with guys like that. Like, do you, is it hard to like not be like, do, like, would you not want to seem like you're just like a regular guy with them? Like, do you have to try and pay like a little bit of homage? Like, do you feel like any of that kind of thing on set or what is it like kind of? When I went on set, I told myself I'm not going to speak unless spoken to. 
when I, I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. And I'm oh, not that yeah. guy. You know, like, Jesus. Go up. To- <laughs> that fucking guy, bro. Well, you know, the guy that goes, like, oh, yeah. what are you going to do? Go up to Robert De Niro and go, wow, I really loved you in Casino. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first day I had a scene with Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, and I didn't know. I didn't sleep for a couple of days before that. I was really kind of pining what? over this. You, and, you didn't sleep, dog. Damn, it was crazy. Well, no, I mean, like. Were you fucking camping and shit got crazy? Like, how do you not get any rest, man? Well, I mean, I was just, because th- I think I'm like like neurotic, you yeah. know? Like, if I got something to do, I'm like, there's VMAs. Two days before that, I'm going to be up and down, oh. right? There's no sleep. Oh, when they call you out to the stage, that's going to be fucking. It's live. Acting, it's live, <laughs> man. So, with this, um, it was it was nerve wracking because I just I I'm not an experienced actor. I don't have a lot of experience on movie sets, no. and now to be thrust into a movie where you're working with you know not only Martin Scorsese but probably two of the actors that are maybe our best of our generation, and then you know they're yelling action. I'm I'm just hoping words come out of yeah. my mouth, you know. So. Uh, I was, I was nervous going into that whole experience, but, uh, it's just like anything else, you know, you, you do it and then you, you're like, okay, you know, cause I, there's, there's doubt. Uh, there was doubt for me. Like, do I belong here? Right. That's what I'm, I think I'm trying to get at a little bit. Yeah. That's what I would feel. Yeah. I feel like, do I belong here? Am I pretending that I belong here? Do they know that I don't know if I belong here? Like, those would be the things that would be running through my head, <laughs> yeah, right. you know? Are they do looking they? at me like, oh, this fucking guy don't belong here? Or are they just looking at me like a regular person and all the doubt is just inside of me, you know? That's it, it, what I would be That's what it is. That you're, you're, you, it's all inside. The questions you have, no one else is thinking that. You, yeah. have to, you have to think that. But, you know, that's what I was thinking. I was like, am I going to get on set and De Niro's going to go... This is who we hired. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, yeah, there is a bit of self doubt, and there is a bit of um, you know a lot, a lot of anxiety and nerves, at least for me. And then once we are up and running, it was it was you know, off to the races. So uh, I didn't really look back after that. But I did have some experience with the Green Book going yeah. into this movie, which I think that's why I think a lot of things happen for a reason. You know, like you get certain things because they prepare you for what's to come. Oh, right. A plane you can't even see kind of. Yeah. Did, with Green Book, yeah. Did you guys shoot those scenes in order or were they out of order? Green Book was in order. Because, dude, honestly, no, this is obviously me judging you. But um, from the beginning, like the first scene when I see like helping with the luggage, I think, or something, there was some scene, I think, or helping somebody had just arrived somewhere in yeah. a car, I think. And by the end, I could personally see like, wow, he's, he, he's so much more comfortable by, at the Christmas party. Okay, because the first day was the, the luggage day. Wow. And, and talk about nerves. Oh, I'd be so nervous. I was nervous for I was nervous for you watching it 100%. Like. <laughs> yeah. That's so scary. But no joke, dude, by the end, I was like, oh, Sebastian, just, I mean, knowing enough about you and knowing a little bit of like your mannerisms and how you look even off of stage and stuff, like, I was like, oh, man, he seems a little bit nervous. But by the end, I was like, damn, he's dialed in, man. Yeah, no, you're right. You're very perceptive. The first scene for me was nerve wracking because I was like, oh, my, that was really my first big scene in a movie with a big, big actor. And it's like you got to rise to those occasions because. You know, if you don't, then they're like, right. But yeah, it was, um, 
I hope I, I hope looking back at what I did in The Irishman when I watch it, I could because it's different when you watch a movie and then you're doing stand up and stand up and something don't work. Right. We, we were like, okay, that, that didn't work. You Let's, can say on screen, hey, that didn't, you can say on this stage. <laughs> yeah. Okay, not going to use that anymore. You can't say that in a script. Yeah. So for me as a comedian doing acting, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot different because I could always make it up and stand up. I could do the next joke. I go, oh, okay, I'm going to get him with this one. I'm yeah. going to get back. But it was, it was a great, I, I plan on doing more. Actually, I'm doing a movie coming up in a couple of weeks called Spinning Gold where I play Giorgio Moroder, who was the father of disco. And I have to do it with talk about putting yourself in a situation that you don't normally find yourself in. You're saying um, disco? No, that I could do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bro, the owner of one of the loony bins in Oklahoma City was a disco dancing champion, I remember. He was? He used to take me in the back room and show me all his trophies, his old outfits, his unitards or whatever, bro. In Oklahoma? painters, yeah, a lot of disco people wore like those fucking onesies that a lot of painters wore. <laughs> There's nothing like a nice onesie doing that guy, disco. Yeah, that guy. yeah, so I'm doing this with a German accent. So I'm working with like a dialect coach to get like a German accent. Are you accent. serious? <laughs> bro, 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 At some point, dog, you don't have to challenge yourself. <laughs> that's not yeah, why not? That's crazy. That's, that's yeah, it, this Giorgio Moroder. Huh? guy. You going to grow a big mustache too? I, I hope they give me a mustache on set because that 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 mustache is beautiful. <laughs> God, is that beautiful. Dude, I sold half a handful of pubic hair to a guy one time for a Halloween mustache. You I did? Could trimmed it right off, yeah. <laughs> On a cruise ship. True story. We needed hair, bro, and this guy was limited, dudes, and I was fucking carrying at the time, so I fucking chip, trimmed him off a couple edges, like, and he used honey to fucking put it right up above his lips. Your stories, and I don't know if you feel this way, guys, but your stories are so off the beaten path. I often go... Is he making this shit up? Yeah. Or did that really happen? Yeah. So you that happened? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it happened, dude. Trading pubic hair for small money, bro. Trading pubic hair. I mean, I never even heard of that. Like when I listen to that, I go, well, that's made up. Yeah. Right? But <laughs> this guy's named Patricio from Brazil, actually. <laughs> and I still follow him. He fucking he's a big Formula One racing fan, but oh, but yeah, man. dude, that dude danced like a motherfucker with somebody else's fucking pubic hair above his lip. Okay. <laughs> he's a champion too. This guy was also a really cool guy. Okay, but you're on a cruise. Yeah. And how and this is a buddy of yours? It's Halloween, yeah. And he needs hair for his lip. Yeah. And you shave your pubic hair off to give to him, which he puts on with honey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I trim a decent amount. I didn't fucking shave anything. Bro. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like I, I, how's that thought even come into your head? Go like, bro, hold on. Let me start shaving my pubic yeah, off. Look, I was thinking, well, I love my hair, man. You know, even <laughs> though it's, I feel like it's getting scarce some these days and I've been hatting a little, but yeah, I love my hair and I just knew that I didn't want to give any of that up at the time. <laughs> But I was like, I got this, you know, second batch of hair going on, bro, that, you know, it ain't, oh, I, I don't know if it's the A team, but I got a fucking B team down here. I'll sell you a fucking quarter ounce of it. So you sold it to him? Yep. 40 bucks on a cruise Fuck. ship. And a ticket for a wine, because you got tickets at night to see how much wine, and you could get like two wines or something, you know, they had a, um, you know, it's kind of like a Cuba or something, or, you know, like a system where you get a voucher kind of thing. Um, I didn't know there was a dollar amount on pubes. There is now, bro. It's, <laughs> things are changing, dude. Especially with all... Uh, what was I going to ask you about, man? Um, 
Oh, hair, dude. So I got I, I got PRP, right? Yeah, yeah. Where they take part of your blood out. Yeah. And they like. Well, did you get the transplant and then the PRP, or yes. did you just okay? I got the transplant first. Okay. So I got part of the back taken out and put in the front. Yeah. Because I love surgery, you know. And so I got part of the back taken out, put into the front, just yeah. in the very front. And uh, how many how many hairs do you remember? Five hundred. Five hundred. Yeah. That's not many. That's that's that's. I mean, I don't really see. I mean, obviously, you you know, you well, that's a well, that's a nice hairline, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. Th- I mean, I don't know what the hell you were worried about. I had it done. Yeah. And because uh, I needed it. I mean, you look like you got a mop. You're really fine. good, man. You got Italian hair, bro. Well, you yeah. Well, hair. they brought it. I, I think I did two thousand. Oh, nice, huh? Two thousand. But I don't do the PRP. I I, I don't do that. Um, but you're seeing significant growth. I don't know if I am. That's the problem. Here's the trick. Who fucking knows? No, if it works? that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I, how do you do? You look and go, wow, this is getting thicker. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, well, that was the thing. Even with the hairs, it's like, you know, I don't know. They say they put them in, mm-hmm. and they they put it all the way, they cut it all the way down to the root, so they're not just putting the full hair in. They put just the little seed, mm-hmm. right? Is that the experience you had? Yeah. Well, they, yeah. They, well, they they take it out. And they, they take from the root. Yes. And then they plop it into your, your head. Yeah. Now, do you know that they could take, because I asked, I go, can you take other people's hair and put it in your head? And they said, no, it won't take. Yeah. But the second place they take it from, if you don't have any in the back, is underneath your oh. uh, your neck right here. They'll take oh. these hairs out. and they Really? Can yeah. What so. psycho would get that, bro? <laughs> what fucking cannibal would take out his own <laughs> neck hair and get it put in the top of his head, bro? It's available, bro. It's available. What pervert <laughs> is running around with his neck hair? Hey, you got some guy with fucking head. pubic hair on his lip, and you're worried yeah. about neck hair? We're all making money on the high seas, bucko, okay? <laughs> but, dude, that's crazy. I would just feel so fucking gentle out there. I could, I'd be way too gentle, I feel like. That hair is scary. Neck hair? That's too much, man. No? So this PRP uh, is, what, what is that? They, they prick your head with blood? Yeah, yeah. They, so they take blood out of your arm. And I had a slow drip or something. I don't know if it was, you know, apparently it wasn't really that time of the month in my arm, you know, because, dude, it took them fucking 20 <laughs> minutes. They're both sitting there. At one point, the guy's looking at shit on his phone, bro. <laughs> oh, God. Wally's like, they're like, well, it's good, but it's just coming out real slow. <laughs> Which like is way so- scary, bro. Like, like I'm down to a half a quarter or something, you know? <laughs> so they finally got it, and they put it in some machine that spins it, and I guess gets, like, the best blood you have. Yeah. Because people don't realize a lot of their blood is just, B, you know, B, C team. There's a lot of fucking miscreants running around in there, you yeah. know? Some cells are just sitting there just waiting for a fucking greyhound, you know what I'm saying? They ain't doing shit. <laughs> but you got a, an A team in there that's really kind of doing most of the work. So they get those and then inject them into certain parts back in your head. Um, and you you had the process done what once a month or it's supposed to be annually and I just had it done oh, okay. annual because it's been about a year since I had the surgery so I think it's been good though it's definitely been it was interesting I thought and I was glad I did it it felt me like made me feel kind of proactive um, but I also get way inferior about how I look you know and so it's like you know sometimes I do anyway comedy's actually helped me with that a little bit what your your um your appearance yeah because it's just like oh this is how i fucking look at this point you know it's like and also i think if you're too handsome i don't know if you can be a good comedian um 
you know, it would just be, it would be, I don't think a real handsome guy could be a real, a, a good, it would be harder for them to do it. I couldn't imagine if I was like a real handsome guy, like I'm an eight if I brush my teeth, right? I'm a fucking eight. You won't see me in Nineville. You fucking might see me hanging around the sevens. Well, I mean, eight, eight is is pretty high up on the handsome meter. If you if you right, I don't I mean, think I think everybody can be an eight if they take care of themselves. I don't think eight is <laughs> really? eight is a B, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a B. It's a B. Yeah. So a B a B is pretty damn handsome. I, I'm talking you know C C minus. What's that's where we're talking about comedians, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I need to do something to myself. Maybe you're better looking than you think you are. <laughs> nah, nah, man, that's crazy. Maybe I need to uh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> try and hold the door in a sharp elevator and fucking come back here a couple months with one arm. Um, so, yeah, well, I don't know. So I had it done, though. I had it done this guy in Beverly Hills, this guy, Dr. Kayan, and he was awesome, man. I went in there one or two times, and he's like, you don't need anything. You know, come back in a year. He wasn't trying to upsell me on my own hair like a fucking guy. You got pulling shit out of your neck. <laughs> that's crazy. I, I, I didn't get it done. I'm just saying that's an option. If you want to go go fuck? back and start taking right out of your goatee. That's crazy, bro. That's wild, man. Yeah, and it's funny. I didn't think that I would ever be that type of person that would do that. But then sometimes you just become people you didn't think you would be, I guess. You know? Yeah, well, you grow. You learn different things, I guess, you know? So for you, so you got this podcast and you got one with uh, Brendan Schaub. How did how, like tell me in the podcast world how how does that come about? Do you guys get together and go, yeah, we should do another? How many how many of these things you got going right now? <laughs> There's a lot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what one are we on now? What's this? What was, this is the weekend, right? Yeah, but there's the another weekend. one that you have. Yeah, King and the Sting. Okay, but then there's another one that you just talk to the camera by yourself. That's this past weekend, but on the Monday episode, and so that is just comes out on Monday. This oh, okay. one comes out on Thursday. So how many of these things you do in a week? I'm doing three up, three a week, three a week. All right. So it's pretty. That's part of the thing that sometimes burnt me out a little bit is going on the road, and then like you know you get in Sunday and then have to come here that night and do an episode. And then Tuesday, do one with Brendan. Wednesday, come in here and do a guest episode. So we're going to scale back a little bit, I think. Not do as many. We got Amanda Knox coming in next week. Oh, yeah. This is, the, this is your... Uh, this is Foxy Noxy, dude. Yeah. It's so funny. I told you that the other night. And you're like, what are you going to ask her about? <laughs> <laughs> and that was the first time it hit me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> great idea. Well, do you like come into these things with like a prepared... like, Or is it just kind of like, we're just going to wing it? Or I mean... Like on the way over, are you going? Are you in your head going with Amanda Knox? Okay, I'm going to ask her this, this, or do you just take your jacket off, put your hat on, and go? Okay, love, we're we're talking. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. I'm going to ask her. <clears throat> let me see. I was going to ask her like about the media and stuff, and sh how much she thinks like it controls everything. Does she think it, that the truth even matters a lot of times? And then, all right. Um, so there's some thought that's going into this. Yes, yeah, so there's a little bit of thought into it. Uh, and then she has a husband now, and then I was gonna, yeah, ask her what she looks for in a man, and if she thinks like you know how many guys tried to hook up with her just because maybe she killed somebody or allegedly, you know. And then what else? That's probably about it. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt the uh, episode here with the host of the VMAs. That's so crazy, bro. Can't even believe that. But I gotta let you know that if you don't have a skill, then what are you doing? Think about somebody that doesn't have a skill, hitchhiker. Um, you know, someone that's missing, that's it. 
Skillshare is an online learning community for creators with more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more. You'll discover countless ways to fuel your creace, crea- curiosity, creativity, and career. If, if, you're, if you're not doing something, you want to be doing something, the only way to get there is to take action. Skillshare is an easy way to do it. Don't go back to college. Don't buy a lunch pail and do all of that. You're nuts. Take classes in social media marketing, mobile photography, creative writing, or even illustration. Whether you're looking to discover a new passion, start a side hustle, or gain professional skills. These are real skills that you can use in your life. Think about your life. Could have skills in it. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right, Skillshare is offering this past weekend listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Theo Vaughn. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash Theo Vaughn to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash Theo Vaughn. Oh, I use this. Do you, do you use this? This is Honey. Have you ever bought something online only to find out later that you missed a discount? I have. You get you something, you get that sheep collar jacket, that long arm baddie. And later on you find out, oh, they got a, a different one for $19 less, better sheep. Don't overspend anymore thanks to Honey. Honey is a free browser add-on that finds the best deals online. I use it on my laptop. It's easy. Got it one time, put it on. If I'm buying something, I click on Honey first and it lets me know if there's a better place. Honey finds discounts and coupons across 37,000 sites. Amazon, Sephora, Best Buy, Nordstrom, and more. I just shop like normal. Honey handles the rest. If you're thinking you're going to have to go to a million sites and look, how much is this guitar, you know? How much is this, um, you know, this hermit crab sanctuary? Whatever, dude. Honey does all the hard work. And how do you feel when honey saves you money? You feel tight. You feel great. Look, there's no real reason not to use honey. It's free to use and easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. So shop with confidence like I do. I- I- I'm confident when I'm shopping. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash Theo. That's J-O-I-N-H-O-N-E-Y dot com slash T-H-E-O. It's very simple and it's very effective. Don't get to the checkout and right before you click buy, wonder, oh, should I go see where Consumer Reports tells me to go or where this or where that? Honey does all the work. Go to joinhoney.com slash Theo. The smart shopping assistant that saves you time and money when you're shopping online. And now back to this movie star comedian. Wow. Well, we got some user questions that come in. We'll get to one of those right now. What up, Theo? What up, Sebastian? This is Steven from Connecticut. Uh, My question is, so I know Sebastian's been on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee two times now. And it's ridden in some various vehicles. Um, those scooters were definitely interesting. My question is, Sebastian, if Theo was to ride in a car with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, what car should Jerry pick him up in? Gang, gang. Gang, bro. Uh, for you? 
I'm, I'm seeing like a uh, older. I'm seeing a Monte Carlo. Oh, good. I was an older man. <laughs> um, okay. What is a Monte Carlo? Will you pull that up, Nick? Uh, like a, like a, maybe a 1981 Monte Carlo uh, with T-tops. Yeah, I like T-tops. Maybe with yeah. red interior. Um, yeah. The, I don't know if it's 80. Yeah, that's it. Like that one, that black oh. one. It's, uh, yeah, something that like like that. Is that you? Yeah, man, that's beautiful, bro. A little bit of coke on the seat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not mine. Uh, <laughs> it's not mine, dude. I'm just listening to music. That ain't mine, sir. Coke on the seat. That's man, awesome. I don't think comedians in cars has the coke on the seat. <laughs> you don't need the coffee then. You don't need that's the true. coffee. Yeah, that's a beautiful vehicle right there. I would do also maybe like a Ford F one fifty, like a nineteen eighty. You like a truck? You know what I miss? I like that bench seat, I think. Yeah, it's a uh, oh, wow. That's like a, that's. Yeah, something simple like that. Yeah, it's just simple. It's like a farm vehicle. Yeah. Like a dog in the back, maybe. Oh, something you could put a, you know, something you could eat as soon as you get home in the back, but after you clean it. Mm-hmm. It's like a uh, hunting truck. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is a little bit of a hunter vehicle. Oh, here's somebody right here. Yo, yo, Mr. Maniscalco. Um, Johnny here in North Carolina. Just a question for you guys, since you come from two totally different types of backgrounds. With 10-year-old Theo and 10-year-old Sebastian Maniscalco, you, you come in from outside playing with your friends, sit out on a couch with your dirty clothes on, put your feet up on the coffee table. What are your father's responses? Gang, gang, I love you. Love you, too. Buddy, um, I got was sweating. Also, first of all, in this car, guy's drenched. Hope he's doing okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know what. He I was hope doing. he lived through the end of this. It looked like it ended abruptly. Yeah, that's a lot of. Um, thank you, Johnny, and hope you're doing well. Um, so, first of all, I come from playing outside. I ain't yeah. sitting on no furniture. So it's a, it's a shower, right? Right away. Wow. And, uh, listen, my house. <laughs> 10 years yeah. old. Straight to the shower. Straight to the shower. And you ain't putting your feet up on the furniture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That guy's got a unique area he's living in. <laughs> um, yeah, my dad, I don't know. My dad was asleep. My dad was 80 years old when I was 10 years old. So Yeah, you had an older father, right? Last time I think we were Yeah. Out, you said you had an older dad. My dad used to borrow money from me to fucking for gas, you know? Because he didn't have a work. They didn't hire a lot of 80-year-olds, you know, in a lot of places. Yeah. So he used to... Um, yeah, he used to borrow gas money from me. And like, I had a fucking job, dude. So that's crazy. I don't even worry. you thought I was getting the money from. You know, and I was just kind of stealing some of it from my mom. So I was like, damn. We had some dirty back channels in the house. But what would my dad, my dad wouldn't notice about that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff was just too menial, I think. Too little. But uh, what else we got? Gang, gang. Gang, bro. Yo. What up, dog? You sure you know no racist too? Nigga, just like the third video I sent your little ass, man. Oh, damn, bro. I'm what sorry, bud. What's up, what's up? Speak on having a kid, nigga. Damn. He wants you to speak on having a kid. I just had to play that video so he doesn't think we're racist. That was the third one, so. No, I appreciate it. And thanks, brother. We're not racist, or I'm not trying to be. You know, I have some flare-ups in traffic, but overall, I'm good. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm doing my best, man. I'm out here on the front lines of not trying to be, brother. Uh, thank you for for sending in the video. Speak on having a kid, man. Yeah, 
Has it changed your perception or anything a little bit of like the world? Do you look at the world any different? Well, yeah, I look at everyday life different. I mean, before, you know, you had a kid, it's just about you and your wife. And now everything is like, I told you, my daughter was, was sick last night. So it's just the world stops. We were supposed to go see the Los Angeles football club play last night at the, at the exposition park. Those plans are gone. You know, it's just, it's all about the kid. Thank you, God, that team sounds <laughs> miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. I've never even heard of that shit, bro. And I'm in some fucking shady leagues. <laughs> I got a fucking, I got two grand going on fucking Winchester this afternoon outside of South Wales. So I'll bet on anything. Never heard of that group. You, okay, it's right in our backyard. Okay. It's supposed to be an amazing experience. It's they're in the MLS uh, soccer. Oh, it's league. soccer. Soccer, yeah. Okay, I was thinking of uh, American football. No, no. <laughs> No, no, like no. it's crazy, bro. Take your kid to the fucking Rams game, you <laughs> cheapskate. <laughs> oh, it's affordable fun for the whole family. Uh, so I, I heard it's supposed to be almost like a European type of atmosphere. Oh, nice. Yeah, Ian go Edwards down. goes sometimes. Yeah, Ian. Yeah, Ian goes. So we were supposed to go there last night. So. Long story short, in regards to the kid, you know, everything revolves around the kid. It's all about the kid. You go out for a walk, you know, in the neighborhood, and, you know, you're scanning what's going on around you. Before, you know, take a walk by yourself, you could give a shit if you got stabbed. But right. now it's like, what's going on over here? Let's, you know, it's... it's yeah, there's uh, a dog over here, there's yeah. this, there's that. That's, that's a good point. These dogs, you know, and then... My kid goes up to the dog, and then, and then I love these owners where you look. I, I scan the owner, 100%. right? And I'm like, does this guy, if things break out, <laughs> could he even contain the damn thing? So I'm, I'm doing all that 50 uh, yards in advance. Yeah. So you're like, oh, this guy's a rat. Or if it's somebody who's like some weak kid, never he goes out once a year to walk like 30 dogs <laughs> to make all of his money to go back in with his fucking dungeon. And just get all K holed out and just play games until he needs it, you know, until he needs to buy a pack of ramen again the next winter, you know, and he's got like 40 dogs on a leash. He's out there, I did a riding somewhere in Brentwood. <laughs> You're like, this fucking kid can't handle himself. Yeah, yeah. so I guess you got to look out because the kid doesn't look, the kid isn't thinking about those things. So you almost have to take part of the kid's brain. You almost have to be part of their brain, I guess, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, you you are, you know, guiding this child, and it's a good metaphor through life, you know, uh, and not only when you're walking around the block, but, you know, the, as they grow older, you know, giving them advice, trying to lead them down the right path. We're very big on manners and please and thank you, because I see a lot of brats out there, you know, I go to a lot of these, you know, I go to the park, and I see, I tap my wife, and look at this kid, you know. You can always see the, the kid that's not you know, misbehaving, it's always got some weird booger hanging out of his nose <laughs> oh. and whatnot and uh yeah so you know i take a yeah especially how i grew up i grew up with like a lot of like structure you know yeah. and uh, i'm trying to instill that in, in our kids so that's that's my rap on the kids is it hard do you start to worry about like being a parent and being able to be around for your kids enough with with torn and stuff like that yeah so my daughter's been to 23 cities already and our son it's going to be a little bit harder to travel with two kids but they're coming to the vmas they'll come to like really large event type shows where you know maybe chicago where i'm from they'll go back there but yeah i i i, I cut out the whole summer to be at home nice and, and 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 hang with the family uh and again we were talking about just having some balance you know and that you can't always be on the road um at least for me with a family i just i need to 
to to cut out some some uh, segments in the schedule to to hang with my my daughter, my son, and my wife. So I make that a priority. Yeah. And it looks like you guys have fun, man. I watch a lot of your Instagram stories, and it's like, oh, you guys are having a blast. Fun, bro. It's all that's all we do at the house. It's all about fun. Yeah, we there's serious moments. Don't get me wrong, but it, my wife and I are constantly ripping each other to shreds. Especially her on me. You know that, that there's no room. <laughs> yeah. That's how I grew up too. I mean, I got friends. Like speaking of comedians and cars, my buddy called me and said, "Bro, I saw you at comedians. Car. You look gold, man. What the hell? <laughs> you hung over?" <laughs> Yeah, like there's no there's no filter, you yeah. know. It, it's yeah. just that we just constantly make fun of one another, and that's uh, you're like, yeah, I'm hungover from 40 years of my life. <laughs> that's great. So yeah, um, keeps me grounded. What's a DM that you've got from like somebody who was like a fan or like a, somebody you really admired, like something nice like that? Did anything ever happen like that? Like Dennis Rodman sent me a peace sign the other day for oh, no reason, and then never wrote me back. Right? This is about two weeks ago. So did you write him back um, from the peace sign? Yeah, I wrote, oh, th- thanks, man. And then, uh, and then I asked him something like, oh, what's going on? You know, do you live in L.A. or something? And, uh, and I didn't get anything back. Um, but it was just kind of interesting. You yeah, know? it's always, it's always um, the first DM I really got through, it was actually through Twitter, was about six or seven years ago, and it was from J.J. Watt. Wow. He was a rookie in the league, and he had reached out to me via Twitter and said that he had been a fan since high school. And then I, then I started to think, wow, I'm really getting old because this guy was in high school when he picked up what I was doing. Right. Uh, and then we've been, you know, we became fast friends. We've been friends forever since. So that, that was pretty cool. And The Rock had posted a clip of, of he was watching my comedy, and he posted up on and And that... <laughs> that yeah. had to be a unique moment then kind of well i mean out of all the stuff i've done that one got like i had people coming out of the woodwork for 20 the rock put your stuff on his instagram it was bigger than any like network and <laughs> everything bigger than all the specials everything <laughs> one share by the rock yeah wow he shared it and uh and i was getting like did you see what the rock did so yeah it's it's cool you know to to because you don't even know like when you're doing this stuff you don't know who you're hitting who's yeah. listening to this right now uh who's seeing your comedy and with the internet it gives you an idea of of um you know how how far your tentacles are are reaching people uh and it's cool to see you're like oh wow he's a fan or she's a fan I, I i wouldn't think they would like maybe like what i do or what have you but it's it's flattering yeah yeah it's interesting how uh how much access everyone kind of has to everybody really yeah i mean if the internet was uh, around when i was a kid you know i'd be like popping dms to prince going bro love what you're doing you know like let's dance yeah let's dance (laughs) i got my disco outfit um do you think of now as you start to like act in films stuff did you ever think that you would do that though i mean I, I just feel like it would have to be no. Did you ever think that? I mean, I think a lot of comedians think a sitcom or something sometimes. It's kind of a natural train of thought, especially like, you know, coming up in the era and time that you've come up in through comedy. But did you ever, did you ever think movies, though? I mean, did you really... I wanted to do movies, but I wanted to do a little bit more serious roles than comedic, goofy stuff. I'm not a goofy guy. Yeah, you're not. So... I'm actually a serious guy, and yeah, the serious dude. the serious roles kind of play to my per, my real personality, kind of off stage of just kind of being a little bit more straight than than like hey you know it's just it's not it's not what I do. So 
I like the fact that this serious dramatic roles give me a nice little departure from what I do to you know day in day out on stage and I think it's a nice little contrast for me so yeah I've always had movies in the back of my mind not not to be like a movie star right but to do like projects here and there a little pop into a movie pop out you know I don't want to be the guy that's like you know maybe carrying the movie that seems um, like a lot of responsibility yeah I mean especially if you don't you know do it on a on a regular basis but yeah i like what i'm doing with these movies and uh i'm fortunate enough to make a living doing stand-up where i could do the acting and it doesn't have to feed my family you know right. what i'm saying so i don't have to take a role just to take it because movies don't pay anything yeah there's not i mean for me it's more of a exposure and, and being in a broader uh broader audience right. similar to you know like podcasts you know like you go on a podcast and hopefully you know coming on your podcast um you know we'll send people to see the film yeah and you know i'm reaching people that maybe don't know who i am or or like, hey, let's see what this guy's podcast is all about and and, and whatnot so i like kind of and, and also i like you and 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 uh, you're a cool cat I and mean, it's like i don't go on everybody's podcast but you know uh yeah no appreciate it man i mean i've always looked up to you once ever since i got turned on to you man i just yeah you kind of reminded me always that like like an entertainer can kind of still there is still something to that like always like it started to feel like comedy was just about like joke writers and stuff and if maybe that was my own you know fears or something but like oh man these just it's just people that are writers that they're putting on stage and and uh but then seeing you was like oh man you can still be like an entertainer you know you can still be you can still have dreams somewhere in your head if you're you know, uh, like I remember even asking you for advice one time. You said, just go watch Michael Jackson Munich. You know, that's what you fucking told me. And uh, <laughs> I remember that. I was at the improv with my wife. I think you met my wife for the first time when yeah. we were hanging out at the improv. This is about maybe six, seven years ago. But you were back then, and in, in maybe I'm wrong by saying this, but back then you, you weren't a very happy man. You were, you were not as happy as you are right now yeah um and you were you know you were i don't know you were kind of struggling uh and not not with your career but just kind of i could just feel like when we were talking you were in a maybe a not not so, so good of a place i remember my wife and i talking as we left and, oh he's such a nice guy but he feels like he's a little down and, and whatnot so uh, is that is that correct in, in saying that? yeah yeah i think that's pretty true yeah i think i started to hit a, a little bit of a wall like i wasn't gonna have you know, I just didn't know if I was doing the right thing. The opportunities, you know, didn't seem like they were pre presenting it, any of themselves. Mm. But yeah, I mean, that's a good a good example of someone that might not think it's going to happen, and maybe running into these roadblocks, and all of a sudden, boom! Look at this. We're in we're in Podcastville. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like it it, it it just it happens. You know, you gotta you gotta stick with it, and next thing you know, it, you got your own graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta happen. Oh my god! Uh, do we have any other questions from the crew here? Were any of those guys from the Irishman like since they're all Italian guys? Were they fans of your comedy and watched it? And yeah, I I didn't know if they knew what I even did or if they knew I was a stand up comedian. I didn't know any of that so going into this um the first day when de niro came out he came up to me and he said uh, i hear you doing good things and i'm like <laughs> you're like what oh my god does he did someone tell him to say that or does, does he, he know what day trade <laughs> <laughs> you're like what's going on here so yeah i didn't know i didn't know what the hell they knew and i still don't i mean i uh, de niro had came to a uh, 
my show at Radio City after wow. The Irishman, which we talked backstage more than we ever talked on 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 set. On set, I didn't I didn't, I didn't talk to him at all. Really? No. So you just go do your stuff and then kind of go back to your corner? Yeah. Well, they they went to their corner and I went to my corner. Yeah. Um. And and I, you know they were talking amongst themselves like. It would be like Cut and then De Niro and Pesci and, and, and Scorsese would kind of talk amongst themselves. Oh. And then I'd be like, I wasn't going to go in the huddle yeah. and go, You're like, oh. yeah, yeah, I think so too. You know, like, what am I going to do? I was on, I was on the sideline. Yeah, like, I'm going to go have another mini snicker over here while these guys predict my future. Decide if I'm good enough to hang out here for another minute. Yeah. Wow, that's man. That would be very intimidating, man. Well, they all know each other. They work together. Yeah. So, right. They got their own thing going. So, I, you know, I was like the the new guy there in that particular scene, and you know, I'm I'm looking at it like if I'm not invited in the huddle, right? You know, I ain't gonna go, go over there. Yeah. But, no, of uh, course. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't talk to really anyone. Uh, on set because i didn't know if it's another thing they yell cut i don't know if this guy's still in character or i don't know what he's doing you know they yell cut and i'm thinking okay yeah you know I, i'm i'm me yeah <laughs> I, I, i'm not i'm not like doing some like method where i'm like you know hold on let's you know they can't talk to me because i'm still crazy joe gallo i mean, cut and like you said i'm you know getting a little cube cheese thinking eh, cheddar so uh i didn't want to like interrupt anybody's process yeah but um were you amazed how good of actors they were i was um i i don't really remember the only thing i do remember is uh um me thinking while i was acting that i couldn't believe i was doing this with these guys yeah so i mean i don't even know if that's being in the moment and acting when you're thinking, you know. Yeah, definitely not. But I mean, yeah, yeah I can totally relate to it. Like you're in a lifeguard chair up above yourself kind of a little bit. Yeah. Like, dude, what are you fucking doing down there? You know? Bro, that's the adult pool, dude. You got fucking flippers on, buddy. But yeah, I, I can imagine that your mouth moving and a little bit of your head also talking like, okay, here we go. Yeah. A lot of, lot of like inner dialogue. Yeah. Uh, while I'm doing dialogue, yeah. which is... <laughs> Which I think what comedians do, though, I mean, don't you ever go on stage and talk to yourself in your head while you're speaking to the audience? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. So this was just that I was actually taking in the, the, the moment, and I, I couldn't believe what was happening. But then I'm also acting at the same time, which yeah. is probably not the best thing to do, <laughs> but I'm sorry. I, I, I had to. These are like the guys I grew up watching. Yeah. Man, it's kind of crazy because especially like being, you know, being an Italian guy, you grew up, I mean, those are, those are the guys, mm -hmm. you know, that and are Stallone. still alive. And those Stallone. are the guys. Yeah. And, Sil and Stallone. The brother or Sylvester? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the brother? Frank. Frank Stallone. Dude, right. I see Frank at the gym always trying to pump a lot of young buckets, you know, all the time, but we can always take that out if we need to, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's an edit. But I know a lot of guys that have been hit on by old Frank Stallone. He's almost like Paulie Shore at CVS. Paulie used to try to bang every girl that was looking for a birthday card at CVS. <laughs> Bro, I know nine girls that have been, I was just looking for a birthday card for my mother. And Paulie Shore came around the bend. 
I've heard that story so many times, bro. It's crazy. That's it's a really good ground because you know there's a woman there who's like sentimental. She cares about her. She's caring, you know. At least you know you're not, you know, you're meeting somebody that's not somebody that's picking out a fucking, you know, 24 pack of fucking hot nuts over about a Sprite, you know. Like, who's that girl? Who is that? Wow, man. So did does it feel a little bit like, like when you're, working with your idols is it is it almost then hard to find like what's next to keep you excited or is that german dialect it's really true it's no. very no honestly you're right yeah it's uh that's insane bro it's something that you uh, after that experience and that experience probably could should have came at the end of a career right but it came at the kind of like the beginning so it's like where do you go from there after you're coming off such a big high but uh yeah i mean uh, i just want to do stuff that i'm really really passionate about and um with people who are really talented and and, and know what they're doing wow so in the the you're going to be dancing in this uh in the new film that you're going to no, do no no you're not <laughs> no no it's about it's about disco in the 70s and i'm like the um one of the fathers of disco just because of the, the way this georgia marauder um did a lot of sounds and, and music behind the vocalist he was you know responsible responsible for donna summer uh in short but uh yeah, I'm, there's no dancing. Oh, dang. No, there's, there's a couple of scenes I'm in, but there's there's no... Um, oh. there's no da- Although, if the, it requires dancing, <laughs> I am more than happy. Yeah, I just see you dance. doing that, man. No, I'm, I, I gotta tell you, the, the, I grew up dancing. Oh, yeah. We we went to the dance clubs. That's all we did. Did I, y'all were like sock ops, YMCA? What'd you guys go to? No, we went to... Um, they used to call them dance parties. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No sock hop. This was a, this was at a this was at a at a sun on a Sunday night at a bar called Toto's. Oh yeah, which turned into a teen dance club on Sunday night, right? So we we'd go and me and my buddy Francesco had these shirts made up, and on the on the back of it says "Talk about weird." Your audience will love this. Uh, we had on the back of the shirt Italian boys. Oh, <laughs> and we used to, me and him used to do the same move with these shirts on. So you guys are synchronized Italians, Syn- <laughs> synchronized Italian dancers. Like we would practice all week because we thought we were going to pick up girls because of the way we danced, right? But. This is like 80s, man. Oh, dude, so many hand movements. You're, oh, there's you're a lot your of... putting your fucking buddy's no, eye no. out. <laughs> yeah, your buddy's got on fucking... <laughs> there was a lot of up here, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know the hands were always up by the head for some reason. A lot of look-offs. <laughs> so, uh, that's what we got. The whole, like, my, my... my From 16 years old to about 22, I had a, I had a fake ID at 16. And my fake ID was unbelievable. And whose was it? Was it actually you or was it somebody else's it was me. name? Wow. It was me. And it was my dad actually helped me get it. And uh, <laughs> oh, good. I, I used to buy alcohol for guys who were older than, than me. We were, we were going to the clubs. I didn't really hang out in high school. I didn't go to the basketball games, football games. What we were doing was we were going to dance parties. And then when we got the ID, we were going to bars. So I was 17. I was hanging out at, you know, on over 21 nightclubs. Yeah. And dancing. I, I didn't wear the Italian boy shirt to the. Yeah, to the, no. to the, that, the was a, that was that kind was, of a limited time. Yeah, it was a limited, you know, a summer. So great. 
So yeah, that's what we were. That's that's kind of how I grew up. That that whole you know taking Spine, care of the huh? car. You know, I used to drive a 1982 Seville oh. with uh, white walls, uh, spoked rims. Beautiful, beautiful God. car. Slanted back trunk. Oh yeah, that's sexy, bro. With that out <laughs> with the outline of the spare tire. Yeah. Oh God. With a spoke rim on the back. Oh yeah, man. Is class is different now, isn't it? It just it's different. The things seem a little less classy. Yeah, I think it's a lot less classy. I just there's like a decorum back then, at least where I grew up, that you kind of you had respect for your elders. You you know you just. If you did something, you didn't want to like embarrass your family. Yeah, you know, like now people sue their families so they can hire a lawyer. <laughs> right. Like I'm suing all of you motherfuckers for raising me. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's gotten crazy. It's crazy. There's it's, no it's, family respect anymore. It's different. Well, the family dynamic is not there anymore. You don't have you don't have the family anymore. Everybody's too uh, wrapped up in a video game. Or and I don't mean to sound like some old man, but the way we grew up, and I think the way. Uh, our family was structured uh, was you know you sat at the kitchen table and you were talking to your parents there was no like uh, your attention span wasn't here or there it was like we're eating and you know we'd sit at the table for two hours just talking to my parents my parents were the type of parents where everybody wanted to hang out at our house because my parents were like like the fun you know they 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 loved my friends and and talking to them and we like the end of the movie and the go uh the book Green the green book, book yeah. yeah similar to that vibe where everybody's around and eating eating kind of like food brought everybody together but anyway you just don't see that now it's just uh it's it's it still exists and i think people are longing for that but now it's like you know you go out to a restaurant you see a family everybody's on the on the, on the, the device everybody's dialed out yeah, yeah. And the, the, the devices are part of our lifestyle don't get me wrong it's not like you have to totally put it put it away but even with our kids we're teaching them you know you, you get it for a small amount of time and then after that you know let's let's, let's get back it. to the barata yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's fucking get into what there's, matters over here. There's no app better than Barada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I got a fucking hot batch of Barada that fell off a boat in Providence. <laughs> I want you to try. Um, good on you guys, Zen? Yeah. What you got, Gianni? Uh, we just have one Patreon question for Sebastian. All right. Um, and it is from Faye Dvorak. And if you were invited to a potluck dinner, what homemade dish would you bring and who would you bring? Not your wife, someone else. Potluck dinner, what would I bring? Uh, there is a, a Sicilian dish called pasta tayan, which is which is pasta layered with um, uh, strip steak, Ooh. pine nuts, uh, some red, it's a red sauce. It's layered. Uh, oh, wow. It take, takes a, a long time to You don't to hear make. about that a lot. No, it's very, very um, specific to, actually, it's not even a Sicilian dish. It, it's, it's, a, it's a town in Sicily called Shefalu, where my father's from. It's very specific to that town. And who would I bring? Mm-hmm. My father. If it wasn't my wife, I'd bring my father. My father's a character. He is? He's a hairstylist, and he, yeah. he's, he's where I pretty much get a lot of the... He, he, he thinks he's a comedian behind the chair. Hilarious. You know, everybody everybody loves my dad at the salon. He must be so proud of you, then, huh? My dad is very proud. He's seventy four. He's still cutting oh, hair. He's still young. Well, I mean, seventy four to be cutting hair. I mean, it's like <laughs> people. It's it's a young business. Yeah, it's yeah. not like people are walking in the salon going, "I'll have the guy with the ARP card cut my hair." <laughs> 
You know, his he client. thinks everybody's going to the military. It's fucking getting kind of crazy. <laughs> well, he's not a barber. He's a stylist. Oh. So he does women's hair. He does, he does colors. He does all that stuff. But he's had clients for, for 40 years, and they're passing away. They're, they're yeah. dying. And in the will, they are requesting my father to do the last Shabazz, huh? Dead hair. Wow. So my father's going to funeral parlors. And he loves it because they don't say nothing. They don't, you know, they, they, they don't ask, you know. He just does what he has to do. He's just the, leaning over. Hey, I did the hair. <laughs> uh, who would have fucking, that suit's horrible, but hey, look above the, the ears. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, he's very proud. My, my whole family's very proud. Yeah. Is it hard to em- embrace sometimes, like, how, uh, is, is it hard, like, like, I get worried sometimes as my career gets bigger that, like, you know, I don't want my family to ever think that I'm different or anything. Does that? Do you ever worry about that kind of stuff? No, I think, I mean, listen, I'm 46 years old. I've been at this for 21 years. I've been the same guy when I moved out here in 1998 that I am now, regardless of success or, or what has happened to me over the last three or four years. Very, very grounded coming into Los Angeles um, with family and friends. And uh, no, I mean, my family is... You know, they they treat me as if, uh, you know, I was 21 or 24 years old when I first came out here. They, there's, there's no difference. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, I think, it was, I think I asked you that last time, too, and it was kind of a similar answer. But that's awesome, man. That's, that's cool to hear. It's inspiring and it's uh, insightful. Wow, man, living your dreams, dude. Living the dream. And, and, uh, and, and dreams that you didn't even have, dude, the VMAs. The VMAs and, and uh, yeah, the, the, when I first came out here, it was, it was stand-up comedy. That's all I wanted to do, just stand-up comedy. I didn't, uh, I didn't like I said, put on any goal. There's no goals. It was just to do stand-up comedy, and then whatever happened after that it was like gravy to me. So for me to be in the position I'm in to to, to do all these really great things, I'm very I never take it for granted. I'm very fortunate, and um, I'm always wondering, you know, like for me, the fear is to try to stay consistent and and not, you know, like whatever comes up is going to come down eventually. Right. But you kind of want to get to a certain place and just and really maintain you know like that's why when you go to my show i'm always trying to rewrite new material just to bring the people back or you know go on shows like this and give more of a little bit of um, my personality and personal side of me so people get to know um the ins and outs of uh, of who i am so yeah and bringing people along on your journey you know it's pretty cool i think um yeah, a lot of people just, they want to kind of know what it's like just from like a regular perspective, you know, not from like something that's very canned. Um, you know, they want it fresh out the garden, you know? Fresh out the garden, um, yeah. Yeah, you had this bit the other day, you were talking about swimming, which is great. I'm not going to talk about it because, uh, you know, I know that, you know, people will be coming out to see it, but um, over at UCLA, that bit you were doing. Yeah, so I'm swimming. I, I started <laughs> swimming, I'm 46 years old, and I never learned to swim before, and I'm taking swimming lessons at UCLA with a uh, an ex-Olympian who's, who's German, actually. <laughs> crazy. Well, I learned the accent at the same time. <laughs> um, one last thing. So you were saying, let me get this, let me get this thought right. So um, did you start to worry at some point that if you got married or settled down or something that it was going to damage like your thinking process or your performance process or anything like that when it came to stand up 
uh, early on, I thought that way. I thought, hey, I don't want anything kind of impeding my process here of like touring. I don't want a girlfriend telling me, hey, you can't go on the road because we haven't spent time together. So early on, I thought, let me just get to where I need to, to get to. And then, you know, then maybe I'll, I'll find someone, settle down, have a family. I don't think I could have done what I'm doing now with kids and a wife 10 years ago just because of the amount of time and energy it takes to to put in like i i told my agent i said book me wherever you can i don't care if it's monday through sunday in las vegas 14 shows i'll do whatever it takes to establish a, an audience and whatnot wow. so when you got kids and a family at home that's very difficult i really don't know how guys do it it's 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 amazing when i hear like, like, like three kids and he's you know trying to to get to the top but for me the personality i have um, i'm like kind of all or nothing so uh now it, i just think it happened uh, organically for me when i met my wife it just it kind of all fit right place right time this is let's like let's go on this journey together we'll start having kids when you know, we, we could afford it and then available for the kids. So, wow. um, yeah, in early on, I definitely did not want to have a family and, or a, uh, a steady that would kind of keep me from where I wanted to go. Yeah. Which is kind of selfish, but, uh, you have to be though a little yeah, bit. I think. You have to have a little bit of selfishness to, to put the time and energy it takes to, to get to where you need to go. There's a lot of sacrifice. I think people don't really realize you know, like even over the years, like I've had to miss a lot of people's weddings, like oh, yeah. events back at home. I lost friends because I said I would be at the wedding and then I couldn't make it, you know, because I just got a new agent and they just got me a weekend and mm -hmm. I didn't want to lose them, you know, just, uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird sacrifice that people don't understand sometimes. Pets come home, your fucking pets are dead, you know? Uh, yeah, I never had that That's happen, but. <laughs> Are you serious, really? I never had pets. Oh, there's a whole group of us that have fucking lost animals, bro. Just because uh, <laughs> yeah, just you went on the road? <laughs> Oh, well, man. Oh, my God. No, for me, it was no pets, no girlfriend, no kids. And I, and I, and I totally relate to you uh, when you said missing weddings. I missed a really good friend of mine's wedding back in Chicago uh, because I just didn't have the money to go. Oh. And, I, and I had to work. I was working as a waiter, you know, and, and you know, unfortunately, I, I, I probably made the wrong decision at the time. I probably should have found a way to go but uh yeah there you're right there's a lot of sacrifice you got to make if you want to uh if you want to succeed uh hopefully you don't lose friends doing it but yeah. um it's the risk you got to take man best of luck man thanks so much for coming on um thank you for and, having uh, me. and we'll put all of your stuff at the beginning and tell people about the film and yeah man that was so cool seeing you in the green book man well thanks man it was nice to see me up on the the uh, big screen is I know. pretty cool did you start to feel yourself like towards it like you're like oh wow i, I kind of got the hang of this a little bit yeah like i mean i think your assessment on the acting from from front to back was was dead on accurate uh it that first scene was a like i said the first scene God, I'd be so nervous. I, i've ever done and then as as i shot that out of the cannon and got to know the director more peter fairley was the director wow. and and you know, here's another guy. I love his comedy movie, so it was another intimidating working with him, and, and I was just hoping to get it right. And then, um, you know, the scenes after that, I felt a lot more at home. It's just like anything else. You go to the first day of school, you don't know what to expect. You're yeah. probably not yourself. And then after you make a friend or two, you start to kind of let down your guard. Yeah. Um, hopefully, when I'm moving forward, I could act when I when I when it's the first day of shooting. I could act like it's the 
second week of school. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a little more dialed in. Yeah. You know, maybe got a gun on your waist. You maybe know? got a knife <laughs> strapped to my back. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, thank you so much, man. Best of uh, best of luck. We look forward to seeing you everywhere. Thank you, bro. Now I'm just floating on the breeze And I feel I'm falling like these leaves I must be cornerstone Oh, but when I reach that ground I'll share this piece of mind I found I can feel it in my bones But it's gonna take a little time For me to set that parking brake and let myself all wild shine that light on me. I'll sit and tell you my story. Shine on me, and I will find a song. I will sing it just for you. Now I've been moving way too fast on the runaway train with a heavy load of my gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. 
I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hey, sweetheart, here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Hi, <laughs> I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.